Well, good morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Hey, thank you so much. It's great to, uh, to be here today. And uh, I'm glad you all are here as well. And uh, we just welcome you so, so warmly. Uh, we had a great service, first service. I want you to know my name is Greg. And uh, folks around the, the NRG call me Chap. All right? So you can call me Chap. You can call me whatever you want. It's okay. It's okay. But uh, we, uh, I have the privilege of serving uh, the Houston Texans uh, with my wife, uh, Lisa. I, I work with uh, the guys and, and, and coaches and, and scouts and different ones. And, and, uh, and then she serves as well. Uh, working with fiancés and wives and, and, and that sort of thing. And so we tag team uh, in that way. But we believe that God has called us uh, to this organization, and, and, uh, and uh, he's done just some tremendous things. And I just want to, uh, to really thank you here at the bridge, um, because as you support the bridge, then, then, then uh, you also support us, and we're so thankful for that. We've... Uh, We've known Scott and Trina one or two years, I guess, maybe one or two decades has it been. It's been that long. And uh, just uh, uh, th them, their family, uh, it's been just really great uh, uh, to be affiliated with this church body, this church family. And so uh, as I look out across the audience, Susie, uh, I, it's, uh, it's great to see uh, some, some brothers and sisters I see over there, Jim DeLuke, God, gotcha, and uh, a number of different ones. But listen, uh, it's just great to be here today. So I just want to, uh, to uh, encourage you. I want to, uh, I tell y'all what, I, uh, if you want to get out on time, y'all might amen a little bit, all right? You know, I just kind of, I kind of need you, need a little bit of support, man, to, uh, to kind of bring this thing on. It would really, it, it would really help the whole situation out. You know, I, um, <laughs> I heard a story, heard a story about a kite that was flying really high in the sky and, and uh, uh, just, uh, you know, th this particular kite on this particular day in this particular area began to talk began to talk to himself, and, and, uh, and uh, he said that, you know, if, if only I could get rid of this string that's attached to me. This string makes me do, do all kinds of things that I don't want to do. It makes me go places that I really don't want to go. <laughs> you know, it clings to me. It, it follows me. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> if this string wasn't holding me back, I could soar. I could fly. There would be no restraints. And about that time, he, he began to think to himself, hmm, why don't I just get rid of this string? then nothing would hold me back. Hmm. And so he began to pull and tug. and He began to rub the string against, against these, uh, the sticks, I guess, in its frame. And, and, and one day, one day, 
the string pops. And to the surprise of the kite, he began to tumble and roll and came crashing to the ground. What the kite didn't realize was that the, the same string that kept him down, kept him up. <laughs> Breaking the string didn't make the kite any freer than what he was. We, we always head towards disaster. I want you to know that, that when, when, uh, when we sever the string of obedience, to God in, 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 search of, in search of doing our own thing, our own way. Uh, it just doesn't work out. You see, the same string, the same string that seems to hold us down also helps us fly. God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to keep our eyes focused on Him. God wants us to allow him to hold that string, to hold that string. And as we obey him, this, this connection keeps us from falling, but at the same time, it allows us to soar and soar towards greater heights and greater rewards that we receive from him. I, I want to talk to you today um, kind of from a subject that God always, he always rewards obedience. He always rewards obedience. And, and so I want to ask you this question. Have you ever considered, considered obeying God as a way of life? As obeying him as a way of life, you know, not just every once in a while. Not just on even and odd days of the week but as a lifestyle. Now, I, I understand. I understand that, 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 that in today's society, this, this word obey, it, it can have a negative connotation associated with it. It really can. It can. Uh, you know, when we hear that command, obey, we, we visualize in our minds, you know, having to do something that we don't want to do. Uh, but because it's attached to some form, some, some type of reprimand, um, some type of reproof, then we do it anyway, no question. But hear me say, that's not the kind of obedience that our Lord demonstrates in his word. It's not. You see, obedience starts with the love relationship with the Father. It really does. It starts with a love relationship with Him. You know, Scripture says this, that we love Him because He first loved us. That's where it really starts. You see, we were not the initiator. The Father was. We were not the first one to move towards Him, but instead it's, it was, it's, it's, it's the Lord who moves towards us. And he moved toward us in such a way that, that he sent his son to pay the price on the cross for you and for me. 
But I understand this as well, that there, there are seasons when some of us really, we really wrestle. And we really struggle with this whole idea and with each and every decision, you know, and we, we ask questions, oh, I guess, you know, uh, uh, will I obey? Um, we ask questions like, will this decision bring me pleasure? Will it bring security? Will it, will it bring happiness? All right? We struggle with questions like, well, what will others think? And how will this make me look? Those are the type of questions we struggle with. Hear me say this. God never intended for us to be faced with. He never intended uh, for us to be harassed by this decision-making quagmire. When we decide to obey him as a way of life, we choose to obey him no matter what. We choose to obey him regardless of the consequences. It's obedience. It's obedience. It's obedience. And a decision to obey allows you and me uh, to operate with a level of confidence. Confidence. Um, it provides peace. It provides joy. It provides contentment. And at the same time, it also saves you and me a lot of heartache, a lot of grief, a lot of disappointment, a lot of anxiety. It really does, okay? So then, how do we define obedience? Glad you asked. Here's a simple, simple working definition that obedience is listening or to listen to God's Word and to act accordingly, okay? All right, that's what it is. It boils down, listen to me, it boils down to listening and then considering and then taking action on that which we've considered, okay? That's what, that's what obedience is, okay? Another point that I'd like to make as it relates to obedience is that obedience is a learned behavioral process. It is. You see, it, 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 it's not, sometimes we have this feeling like, well, that brother over there, he's got the gift of obedience. <laughs> no, not quite, not quite, okay? It's not a gift, okay? Uh, it's not a gift that some have, but, but what it is, it's a discipline that needs to be practiced, needs to be worked out. And those of you who have children, anybody in the house have any children? Anybody? Okay. All right. Good, good. Anybody been around children? I guess that covers us all, right? Okay. It really does. Okay. You know, if you've been, if you've been around children, then you understand that, that you don't have to teach them the wrong stuff, all right, to do, to say. It, it just kind of comes natural. I guess that's just part of our bit, okay? But, but where the teaching really comes from is... is teaching them to do what's right, teaching them to say what's proper, okay? So that's just kind of how that thing works, okay? All right? As we look at um, the opening verses in Luke, Luke chapter 5, all right? Uh, I'm going to just see if we can uh, have that here. It says, 
one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left by, their, by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and, and he taught the people from the boat. I want you to see here that, that Jesus has shown up on the sea. He's shown up on the shoreline and, and, and he's preaching and, and it says that, that the shoreline is the lake of Gennesaret. Well, that term is a, is a, is a term that you've heard before um, known as the Sea of Galilee. And it's really not a sea. It's, 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 it's as stated here, um, it's, it's, we're talking the same body of water, but this body of water is actually one huge lake. This lake is 13 miles long and, and, and then approximately eight miles wide. And, and, uh, and, 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 and so Jesus is on the sea. He's speaking, and as generally is the case, as he's speaking, crowds just begin to multiply. And they multiply to the point so great that they're pressing him with his back against the water where he almost has nowhere to go. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we've come to expect that, that the all-knowing, omniscient Jesus uh, always has a backup plan. And so, and so verse 2 reveals that, that, that there are two boats and, 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 and these boats are here and, and uh, Jesus decides and says, hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in one of these boats. He's, the partners are kind of away washing their nets. They've been fishing all night. And verse 3 indicates that, that in order to put some distance between Jesus and the crowd, he enters into one of these boats. He steps into one of these boats. Now, now I'm not talking about a little row, row, row boat. I mean, this, these boats are, are pretty good size, 27 feet. They could fit maybe 9 to 15 passengers. So it's a pretty nice size boat, all right? But Jesus decides that he's going to step into the boat of a brother we're going to call Pete, all right? All right? Pete's boat, all right? And so I want you to see, I want you to see here that, that God wants to reward obedience, our obedience, in both big things and small things. He really does, all right? He really does. As we observe, I want you to see this. One of the reasons that we study Scripture is so that as we, as we read and, 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 and look at the lives of those people that are in Scripture, when we're able to do that, then we can, we can look and we can find out things about God. We can find out some of the things that he likes, some of the things that he dislikes. We can find out some of the things that, that please him and some things that are displeasing to him. We can also find out things that we should, things that we should not do. That's one of the reasons that we study Scripture. So Jesus gets in the boat. He gets in Pete's boat and, and, and he makes a simple request. He says, just kind of put, put out a little bit, okay? Push away from the shore. 
But I couldn't help but wonder as Jesus told him that, trying to use my, my sanctified imagination for a minute. I couldn't help but, but seek to understand what if Pete said, well, Jesus, I, I appreciate you asking me, but I'm a little bit busy right now. Maybe you could use that other boat. Maybe you could ask them. Ever think about that? Might not be a bad thing, a good thing to do, but, 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 but he didn't do that, okay? All right? We find out that, that Pete responded favorably. <laughs> and here's how his life was enriched, all right? Here's how his life was enriched. This brother ends up with a front row seat. Listening to the, to, the, to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, able to listen to him without distraction to this master teacher. Pete also, he was able to, to, uh, to minister to others, I guess I've got it down there, minister to others by allowing Jesus to use his boat as a floating pulpit. He was ministering to them and being ministered to at the same time. And, and then, uh, you know, just uh, listening to the master, being able to hear his voice, all because of a simple decision. Sometimes, sometimes the Lord makes demands of us. And these demands appear to be very, maybe very insignificant Yet from God's vantage point, I want you to see this, that, that they're very significant to him. God never does anything without a purpose, but they're significant to him, and here's the reason why. Our obedient responses today will serve as the foundation for our obedient responses tomorrow. Got that? You see, but in order for us to respond well, you and I must become disciplined in our listening. Disciplined in our listening. James 1.19 says this. It says this, uh, 1.19. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. It was the Greek philosopher Epictetus who said this. He said that we've been given one tongue and two ears, okay? All right? One tongue and two ears that we may be able to hear from others twice as much as we speak. Twice as much as we speak. There's a story when we, as we talk about listening, there's a, there was a story uh, that, was, that I heard and that was told about an American Indian who was walking down the streets of New York City right around noontime. This brother's walking with his friend, and, and, and they're just walking and just chatting and having a good time, and all of a sudden he stops and goes, hey, I hear a cricket. His friend looks over at him like he's lost his mind and going, hey, man, no, man, you, 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 you're dreaming. He says, no, he says, no, 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 I, 
I can hear a cricket. Friend says, hey, man, you, you're, you're missing it. There's no possible way. I mean, the buses are, are hustling and, and the taxi cabs are, are bumping and hooting and, and things are just going wild. There's no way you can possibly hear a cricket. Well, this guy takes off and he begins walking. He walks down, down this block and, and, and waits for the light and crosses the street and continues on down the way. And he's still walking and listening. He'll stop for a minute and then he'll continue moving on again. And, and, and so he walks a couple of blocks. And as he's into this next block, he sees over to the side, there is, there, there's this plant. And it's sitting in this little cement type of planter. And he goes over to the planter and, 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 and dusts around a little bit and looks a little ways and, and moves a few leaves. Cricket. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, his friend is freaking out about it now. He's going, man, this, boy, this dude is, yeah, he's really, you know, but it, a cricket. And so he, he looks, the Indian guy looks at his friend. He says, you know, my, eye, my ears are really no different than anyone else's. He said, it just depends on what you're listening for. He says, here, let me show you. So the brother reaches into his pocket. He reaches into his pocket and, and pulls out some change, and he throws the change up into the air. And all of the people, as it hits the cement for a block long, people are looking, looking around like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> he says, see what I told you? It just all depends on what you're listening for. Let me ask you this question. What are you listening for? What, 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 what synchronization is, are your ears on? Are you listening? Have you learned how to listen for the voice of God? Hmm. Or perhaps... <laughs> Have you focused your mind on listening to the stereo in your car? Perhaps Android or iPhone <laughs> ring, text signal, perhaps the next news level uh, alert. You know, what is it? I'm not sure. You see, the reason you and I are commanded to not just read the Word, but to study God's Word, that's 2 Timothy 2.15, is because in this day and age, the primary way that God speaks is through His Word. The primary way that He speaks is through His Word. Watch this, watch this. If, if we don't practice listening, if we don't practice distinguishing his voice, then we'll miss some of those opportunities. We'll miss some of those, those, those responses and, and, and the ability to respond favorably to his requests and his commands. May I remind you that we stated a little bit earlier that this obedience thing, it's, it's a process. It's a process. 
And, and, and by the way, let me say this, that anytime, anytime we operate at any level of disobedience, there's no lasting peace. There's no lasting com- contentment. There's no lasting happiness, okay? Um, our response, our real response should be that, that I'm going to obey God no matter what. No matter what. And maybe, maybe even today, you're faced with one of those situations by chance. One of those particular situations requiring a decision. And you say to yourself, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pray to God. You know, I, I think I might be able to handle it. You know, I, I, we only go to him <laughs> for the big stuff, right? Right. Okay. You know, the, the one who created this universe and spoke it into being, the earth and the stars and all those type of things, and he said, let there be, and, and, and it was. So it makes me wonder that, you know, if we only go to him for the big stuff, is any of our stuff really that big? Is it really any of that big? You see? But you're facing one of those decisions, and, and, and it may be a turning point in your career. One of those decisions that, that, that might catapult your family to a whole nother level. I just, I want you to see that that's why obedience is so important. And why obedience needs to be a lifestyle, okay? The way that you and I operate on a day-to-day basis, that's the thing. Well, the next two commands found, I guess, in chapter, in verse 4, um, they're going to be a little bit more serious and they demand a little bit more from Pete. I want you to look at that in verse 4, all right? Uh, and here's what he says. He says, when he, that's Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Verse 4 informs us that, that after Jesus taught the crowd, he had a specific growth challenge for Pete. He really did. He had one. You see, uh, he, he told Pete this. He says, put out into the deep and let down the nets. You say, why? Why would he tell me to put out into the deep? I want you to know because that's where the big fish are. That's where the big opportunities are. That's where the big blessings are. God's desiring to bless us, to bless us. But notice this, that there's an, there's an obstacle to obeying God, all right? One of the obstacles to, of obeying God is, is that we want to stay on the shoreline. We want to remain on the shoreline, on the shoreline. We want to be able to watch where we walk. We want to be able to see every step. We want to be in complete control of this whole situation, okay? 
I'm in complete control. Watch this. God desires, God desires that after we've walked in our relationship with him for, for a period of time, <laughs> he says, step out in the deep. Put out into the deep, all right? Put out into the deep water. You, you, you say, well, but, but God, I, I, I can't see. <laughs> he says, that's okay. Because Scripture says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's okay if you can't see, all right? That's okay. <laughs> Hear me say this. That shoreline faith, shoreline faith is shallow faith. Shoreline faith is, is shallow faith. It really is. You see, and, 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 and um, uh, so, is, or so are the rewards that come with that. That's just the way it is. You see, we all have a starting point. We really do. We've got a starting point, but watch this, watch this. Second Peter, there's another passage, 3.8. He says this, but we're to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there's a starting point, you see, but the longer we walk with him, the longer we walk with him, um, the more we should grow in him and the more we should eventually seek to trust him. Now, <laughs> Pete could have used a pro fisherman's badge here, you know, I mean, he really could have, uh, 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 from the standpoint that, that, that Pete was so bad and, and knew so much about what he was doing that, that he, under his robe, he would wear <laughs> a little t-shirt if he was in today's age, real fisherman fish at night. He would, you see, because he knew from the experiences that that fish migrated to the shore at night, but into deeper water during the day. And the nerve of this preacher to come up and, 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 and tell me, you know, tell me how to, how to fish, just somehow it just doesn't make sense, all right? Um, I heard the story of a lady real quick. She said, I talking to a friend of hers, she said, girl, I, was, I went out, out fishing with my husband, and, and I had the wrong reel, and I used the wrong bait. And, and I, I casted it out wrong, and I did all these things, and I still caught more fish than he did. You know, it's, it's just one of those type of things, one of those type of things. Pete saying, hey, man, the, the nerve of this, this, this preacher to come over here and, and tell me how to fish. I know how to fish. But watch this. Pete swallowed that pride. Okay. And he says, even though I, this goes against everything I know, he says, at your will, nevertheless, says one translation, he says, I'll do what you say. And it's interesting that as he did that, I'd like for you just to look real briefly at the, at the rewards of obedience. I, I guess um, uh, we might start and, and say um, that the rewards that for him responding uh, so great is this. 
that when he went out and did what Jesus says, they caught so many fish that their boat was about to sink. And they began calling and calling to the other boats and saying, please come, please come, please come and help. And scripture says that both boats were loaded to the field. Loaded to the field. So, <laughs> what if Peter ignored the commands? He would have never gone fishing with Jesus. We look and we find that, 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 that he would have missed the most financially beneficial fishing trip that could have ever taken place in his life. He would have missed this miracle and the miracle maker had he made a decision not to go with Jesus. Not to go with Jesus. Hear me say this, that, that, that Pete was blown away at the workings of Christ. He was blown away. You know, he, he's looking and he's seeing that he felt, I guess, a, a sense of unworthiness standing in the midst of greatness. He saw and knew that, that Jesus had healed many sick people. He even recognized that Jesus even healed his mother-in-law. And you know, the, 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 the thing is this, uh, he knew that he had commanded demons to come out of people but what really blew, blew, blew Pete away was that Jesus was concerned about his everyday, ordinary situation. And you may be sitting here thinking today, no one's concerned about what I'm doing or the concerns of mine. But perhaps, not perhaps, the reality is that Jesus cares. And just as he cared for the simplistic things of Pete, I want you to know that he's concerned about you. And about you. And you. And you. And you, my brother. He's concerned about those things that we're concerned about. And so I'm going to just ask you just to pray. Bow your heads with me and just pray.